Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cobalt Cave. We will be your kobolds today for two kobolds in a trench coat. I'm Ailey, and with me today is, is Shiv. Hi, Shiv. I'm Shiv. Are you sure? Apparently you definitely... so, so. So people tell me you'll find me in and around the Biffa bin. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do, don't we? Yeah. Other bins are available. Yep. It's, a, it's, an, it's, it's an ongoing homebrew ongoing. havoc yep. uh, Sorry. joke. Sorry, guys. Yeah, there are other bins available. We are very yeah. sorry to those of you who are not Biffa. Um, we're not just... sponsored by Biffa. Yeah, we're not sponsored no. by Biffa bins either. But not sponsored today, by anyone. Our, so... um, no, not yet anyway. So if you <laughs> want to sponsor us, please do. Um, yeah. Shameless plug. So um, if so, episode two, we are talking about campaigns, themes and genres. And I know you have dabbled a bit, as we've said before, in a bit of DMing. So you may have even planned a campaign i know i haven't so oh shiv you know for well that i take... planned a campaign you know indeed that well this, this, is, <laughs> this is why i've thrown to you on this very delicate subject so oh, please take literally, it away you've literally scruffed it and tossed it at me like, here we go as they call in rugby a hospital pass <laughs> intercepted yeah. oh no no don't even don't even that's embarrassing when they do that anyway <laughs> Yes, I do know what a hospital pass is. I Good. grew up on rugby. I, I grew up on go. rugby. No football in my house. So you it's know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Why Perfect. would you do that? <laughs> anyway, back onto planning a campaign. So obviously planning a campaign is very, very different from, say, planning a one-shot. When you when you plan your one-shots, you know, what do you do, Shiv, do you, when you plan your one-shot? Well, basically, what I do is I find usually what because this is a pretty simple way to do it. I find a module that I like and a module that I'm think I think that the players would be interested in to play. I would go through it and then I add little bits of my own, uh, maybe a different intro, maybe a different way they'll come across an NPC or something like that, and then that's it. Yeah, try and get it into a three or four hour session. I have ran a one shot that went six hours before and that was because I panicked and didn't know what to do and it just rambled <laughs> on and on and on. But yeah, so those things can happen. But yeah, that that's kind of tender how I do it with a one shot. All right. So would, would you say that it's, you know, quite simple? You you get your module or your adventure or your whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you just follow what's there. So when you plan a campaign... It's a little bit more involved than that. And one the main reason for that, obviously, is that a campaign, you're okay over there, you're bonking your micro, you're doing the whole thing like the the sports presenter thing going on now. This is like I'm live on the scene. Yeah, live (laughs) on the scene, planning a campaign. Shiv has no idea what's going on right now. It's one of those things like, Um, hi, Bob from the studio. I've I've just arrived on the scene and we're talking about campaigns. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. But um, Mm -hmm. so a campaign obviously is significantly longer than a one shot. Right. If, it's, if that wasn't evident in the fact it's called a campaign. Yeah. The, that, I mean, if, if, if a campaign's kind of like, if a campaign's like two sessions, I want my money back. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but when people decide they want to, 
you know, run a campaign. They may not know where mm. to start. And so for me, planning a campaign starts with theme and genre. So your theme can be anything like rescue the princess or murder mystery or um, big bad's going to destroy the world and you've got to level up in time to stop him kind of thing. So you've got all kinds of different themes that you can go there. Get the MacGuffin, destroy the MacGuffin, Mm -hmm. find find the person, um, stop the plot. Or you can have an open world theme, which is basically you guys decide where you want to go and I will make crap up as I go along, which is a perfectly legitimate theme. Sandboxing it, I suppose that is. Um, So when you start your campaign, it's a good idea to have some, at least some thoughts as to what is going to happen at the end game. That sounds crazy. Yeah, this is what I was going to ask do you have your big bad planned and you're just like laying breadcrumbs for the PCs to get there at the end? All right. So in the campaigns that I'm running, there is an ultimate goal. I know what that ultimate goal is. I always know, okay, when they reach this level, they're going to meet up with this bad guy or this thing and they've got to stop it. But what I then do is say, okay, end game is, defeat bad guy mm-hmm. en route they must find MacGuffin A and destroy MacGuffin B right and I work backwards that way okay. so okay this is their end game here's what we're going to do to get there and they can choose how they then go from point A to point B do they destroy MacGuffin B first or do they find MacGuffin A first MacGuffin is such a great word by the way I'm just going to say I'm saying does, this all does... session <laughs> As a as a as a placeholder, um, does that yeah. influence what happens? Then do you then change it up if they've gone for let's just say B instead of A? The way that I build my campaign is so that they can do either. Oh, okay, I perfect. Intent- I intentionally build it so that it doesn't matter which way they go. So right. when I build my campaign, I know they've got to do this and they've got to do this, but what order they do them will slightly change what options are available to them going forward. So if they get the MacGuffin before they destroy MacGuffin B, they can use MacGuffin Mm -hmm. A to destroy MacGuffin B. But if they go to MacGuffin B first, they might find something that helps them to find MacGuffin A. So depending on, so something slightly different will happen depending on which way they go. But ultimately, I know there is this theme of find MacGuffin, destroy MacGuffin, defeat evil guy. That's your theme. Find something, destroy something, defeat someone. That's your theme. Once you have that kind of idea down, what so the kind of path that they're going to take in a general sense, you need to decide, is this going to be fantasy? Or is it going to be horror? Is it going to be right. grimdark? Are we going to do cyberpunk? I can say, is the big bad yeah. going to be like a corporation or something like that? Or yeah, if you're doing it's a cyberpunk fa- scene, for example, it's all fair and well saying, okay, well, my my theme's going to be this. Uh, you got to defeat this guy by finding this and destroying that. But hmm. what is 
the big bad guy? Who is the big bad guy? How is that going to impact? You can't go and say, okay, well, you can play as elves and, uh, you know, fantasy design it all with fantasy characters in mind and then suddenly actually your big bad evil guy is a futuristic cyclops cycloplane robot from yeah the year twenty two forty one or whatever. Futuristic thing that just takes out how our whole takes the whole thing out of immersion then doesn't it? Everyone's like, yeah. what that doesn't make any sense. This that's the you can't say, okay, well, you are going to be playing elves and dwarves and you're fighting with bows and arrows, but, oh, look, you're fighting the Borg at the end. <laughs> you will be assimilated. You yeah. will be assimilated. <laughs> you will absolutely be assimilated. They assimilated. Will, they yeah, will destroy you. They're going to fuck you up. <laughs> so, so when you plan your campaign, those are the first things that I always work on, okay, so am I going to do it fantasy? Am I going to do it sci-fi? Am I going to do horror? And then I already know that their path is going to be find this MacGuffin, find that MacGuffin, destroy that MacGuffin, do this, and your end game is defeat this. That's that. It sounds really simple when you put it like that, doesn't it? But... Yeah, I mean, it's basically point A, point B to point C, isn't it? Yeah. But um, with creating an NPC, uh, not an NPC, the big bad, let's just say. Yes. What influences do you take from that? Do you look at stat blocks for creatures and go, oh, that'd be quite good, but I'll just reflavor that? Do you take influences from like literature or media and be like, actually, I want it to be, let's just say, if you've ever watched uh, the old Disney film, The Black Cauldron, I want it to be the Horned King, for example. <laughs> or do you pick something else? Where where do you get your inspiration for the big bad? Even if you, or do you just be like, you're going to meet uh, Orthax, the, or Orthang, whatever he's called, the, the Demon King or whatever they, whatever, I can't even remember his name. I'm just making names it's, up now. It's pulling them out of your backside. No, so yeah. when, when you're picking your genre and your theme, that kind of narrows down a little bit what sort of big bad you can go for. So if you pick a fantasy, Mm -hmm. obviously you're not going to pick the Borg Queen. What you can do is go, okay, well, I'm going to be inspired by the Borg Queen, but I'm going to make her like a hive mind aberration thing. And that works. Do you know what? That would be pretty cool to have like a Borg Queen-esque in a a fantasy setting as if she was like... yeah. Like you say, a hive mind of like swarm blights, things like that. You're in a forest somewhere. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I kind of have toot. done the toot toot. I am going to toot toot toot, toot, toot yeah. mother. And rightly yeah. you should. No, you rightly yeah. should toot, toot that my horn. Go for toot it. my horn. Toot that horn. I do have a guy not going to be the big bad for my campaigns but i have built mm-hmm. a stat block for him anyway because i thought it was fun but he is kind of like obviously not a board queen because he's i mean he could totally be a queen he's a fae so you know absolutely he could so be a queen if he wanted to we, but we're not gonna judge let's not judge no <laughs> but judge. he um he uh has some borg-esque abilities i took Mm. very heavily from borg the borg in 
designing this guy. I can't tell you too much because it spoils some bits and pieces from novels and stuff. So I'm not going to, but it's, no. he was heavily inspired by the Borg queen. It's, but if you, <laughs> if you take the Borg as an entity as itself, and this is going off a little bit topic, here, but as a fee, as a entity, that's pretty scary to have in a campaign that, mm. you know, you have an NPC just assimilated into, let's just say, the wild, like the forests, the trees, they just get assimilated into like a blight or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's pretty terrifying, really, because you're like, Jesus Christ, very... if I go in there, I'm, I could be a, attacked and all sorts. And yeah. I could be absorbed into this entity that we don't actually know its true intentions and it's very scary and powerful and frightening. Hmm. And yeah, that was the whole. That was what I was going for when I designed him as a yeah. as a character. He is creepy, creepy as hell. But I I love him. He's wonderful. Yeah. But um, so back to the question: which when you've got your genre, when you when you've gone through your, the genres and you've picked your genre, it's pretty simple to sort of look through influences for that genre and go okay well i'm going to take a bit of this and a bit of that so let's say you're planning a horror campaign Mm -hmm. so maybe you're playing um something along the lines of cthulhu um yeah love lovecraftian horror perfect example you have an immediate thing right there that you can look to you can look to lovecraft you can look to steampunk so modern steampunk is just full of crazy ideas um any sort of mythological art can give you ideas on what to do there but you can also find inspiration in other things which is weird but like i said the sci-fi i've created Mm. a fantasy borg type thing going on yeah there's nothing to stop Perfect. you from taking a sci-fi theme and converting it into a different theme. So sci- uh, you can have a fantasy Borg or you can have a sci-fi fairy queen. I mean, you could have so, a steampunk King Arthur if you wanted you to. Could have, absolutely. <laughs> steampunk King Arthur. Or you could have, say, uh, let's let's go. You could do... So it's like adventures at sea, but you're in space. So Spelljammer, basically. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much Spelljammer. I just could, uh, but yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? With If you're thinking of like reskinning stuff or reimagining it, then you could easily, there's a lot of stuff you could easily do that with out there. And not necessarily for a big bad. It could be anything. It could be a, a setting you're in, like the NPCs. Like one of the campaigns that I unfortunately didn't get to play because, again, scheduling is the bane D&D existence or TTRPG existence was the very, um, if you're familiar with Wheel of Time. Yes. It, it, the setting was, it was two outsiders, the four of us, there's four players, it was two outsiders and there was two locals, two people that were in the town, two people that hadn't been to the town. And it was like, how was that going to work and all that sort of stuff. And that's kind of was, it, it was to me, it was a really different concept of how to start a campaign because you're not all let's meet in a tavern it was well two of you have lived in the town all your life and two of you have are basically just arrived in the town you're outsiders so what happens happens and i think that's that's not a bad starting off point so with like you said reskinning stuff Mm -hmm. the 
you could reskin. This is just just a theory. You could okay. reskin Star Trek into a high fantasy seafaring odyssey. Go on. Okay, so let's let's imagine. Let's all right. So let's imagine that you are you love to explore the themes of Star Trek. You like the idea of, um, you know, that they they're traveling out on these unknown oceans. They're they're, they're heading out. They're exploring, <laughs> but you are limited in your ability to operate a Star Trek game. You don't have necessarily the the stuff available so you're playing in person you don't have the kit available to you know set up a scene you convert those ideas and themes into a fantasy setting instead of a starship you have them aboard a galleon okay so something you know it's it's big it's uh and it's still a ship and you have them sail out onto the ocean and as they encounter these alien presences in their mm-hmm. ships, the islands or the lands that they visit, instead of planets, they're, they're just new shores, new lands. Okay. You can have them explore anomalies like whirlpools instead of black holes or magical storms instead of uh, ion storms. Ooh. But but the themes are still there. You can keep the themes of Star Trek, but switch it over to fantasy. It's just like Q's been in there and snapped his fingers and said, ha yeah. and now you are Robin Hood. Because as you were explaining that then, I was like, oh, Deep Space Nine, is that just like a massive port? <laughs> yeah, Deep Space yeah, Nine essentially. is essentially a massive port. And you could have it located next to a permanent... Whirlpool. whirlpool or a, or a vortex and nobody knows right. what's the other side it's like, oh now i and... want to play this game yeah if you want but what's... no <laughs> so... but i get what you're saying yeah yeah totally so... totally that works that that so... does actually just perfect yeah. fit so you're when you choose a theme you don't have to just be like oh it's a fantasy secret you could say okay it is Star Trek at sea. Hmm. That's your theme. That's your genre. And now, you can yeah. you you can include things like artifice in obviously instead of technology, you have hmm. you don't have um warp cores, but maybe you do have wind generators. Possibly, or you're like a steamship or something like that. Yeah. Anything like that. Um you have uh, instead of um phaser cannons and whatnot you just have arcane cannons shooting giant magic missiles at people which is perfect entertaining in every sense of the word because they never miss exactly but yeah these alternatives so vulcans are clearly elves well they're elves they're definitely sun elves yeah yeah but you can take other other races and represent them through the ideals of star trek races but with yeah, that so- i mean that's the thing is is when you're talking about themes and genres and obviously if you've never dm'd before it does feel like you're getting a look behind the curtain for something that 
most people will overthink it. And it's as simple as what you've just described. You can get a bit of media or a bit of something you'd like or you enjoy. And you think, oh, this is going to be an interesting concept for someone to play in and switch it to whatever the setting's going to be. So, and it's and it, as, as soon as you were describing that, I was like, I now want to play in a Star Trek fan, high fantasy game. Um, and it's just as simple as that. And that's, and, and that's all it is, really, it's, uh, to me. Anyway, that's as simple as it can be. It can be. I, I, <clears throat> I do understand that for some people, it's not that simple. They have, the, you know. It has to be my world. It, it has to be everything is mine. Yeah. yeah. Cards on the table. When I decided to DM, I decided to DM in a world that I had created. The reason yeah. being, I was very invested in it. I was already writing novels and stories based around this world. I already had a lot of information down about what this world was going to be like. And I thought, you know what? It could be fun to run a campaign in this world that I've created, but set it before the events of the novels. And then I can have the right. events of the campaign influence minor actions in the novel. So maybe NPCs will become characters in my books, or maybe something that happens in the campaign can be noted in the novel as mm-hmm. an event that happened. Like, oh, do you remember the time when they blew up that smelly flask of gas in the temple? Yeah, that's in okay. the novel now. And yeah. it was it was a really when I had that idea, I I was tired. I was very <laughs> tired. And I just I thought that that sounds like it could be fun. Let's do that. And then I spent three months going through all my notes on my world and going, Yeah, I could do that. I can plan this. I can yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I can I can do this. I can't mm. do this. I can do this. I I can't do this. Yes, you can. And that was it for three yeah. months. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Yes, you can. No, you can't. So it's as much as I say, yeah, you just go in, you say, you, you sit down and you think of, okay, what do I want them to do at the end? That's my theme. What do I, where do I want to set it? That's my genre. Sometimes it's not that easy. Sometimes people yeah. do sit. It can be difficult. And talking about it is all fair and well, but when you come to actually doing it, mm. it can be really difficult to sort of put your finger on it and say, yes, this is definitely what I'm going to do. And it, like I said, it took me three months to decide whether or not I was going to run this mad idea because right. I thought, well, I could run a campaign, but I could, I could do it in. Oh, but I could, I could just run a campaign from Forgotten Realms, or I could just, but I could, I could run a Dragonlance instead because they're already set up, and I. Uh, uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do. No, not at all. If if so, for for me, I decided to just jump straight in and do homebrew world mm-hmm. my first ever dming venture i do not recommend it for everyone <laughs> i was waiting for that <laughs> i do not recommend Com- it for everyone comes with warning sticker 
caution. Yeah, <laughs> there is a there is a big caution sticker. It's mm. all right for it was all right for me because I already had the world. Yes, it wasn't in a game format, but it was in a format that I could turn into a game format. It was very much already there for me to use. I'd already done the hard work. But if you decide to do homebrew and you don't have that kind of background, if you don't have that stuff already set up, don't yeah. just jump in and start a campaign. No, because that you have, just, it, it can be awkward and bad. Yeah. You kind of need to flesh your world out first, which is in part why figuring out your theme and your genre of your campaign is important because that fleshes the world out as well. Mm. You know what's going to be in your world. You know the kind of people that are going to be in your world. You know what kind of socio-ecological problems are going to be in, in your world and what economic problems, political crap is going yeah. to be in your... Because you know what? That stuff happens in games. I'm sorry, folks, but it does happen. You do get politics yeah. in games. I mean, you it's could what, have like... They, you they're could, called factions. <laughs> that's yeah, what happens. Uh, that's what I mean. You could have one faction just completely crumble and that affects, like, sends shockwaves through the rest of the campaign because a political entity doesn't exist anymore that people relied yeah. on. And that has yeah. lasting ramifications for everybody else. So it's something that can play out. Yeah. So if you're a first-time DM and you don't already have these things in place, like you don't already have this world that, like like I did, I I could do it. But if you don't have that background, it's worth starting with a pre-written module. Yeah. It is worth dabbling in, at least doing some one-shots and getting a pre-written module because mm. at least then you don't have to worry about creating this world. No, it's kind of all there for you unless you want to add, sprinkle a little bit here and there. Yeah. Now, like I said, I decided to go with my world but it was because the work was already done. I'd already mm. done it. I already had the work finished when I decided to do it. But I was arming and ahhing between my world and doing something in Farron first because yeah. first time DM. I'd already picked my – I already knew I'm going to do a fantasy setting because it sounds strange, but it's quite difficult to do a horror setting justice. Yeah. So as much as I love horror and it's my favorite genre, fantasy and sci-fi are kind of right up there with it. So I thought, you know what, I'll stick with fantasy because that's a much easier starting point because there's so much available for fantasy. And does that also depend on the system you're playing as well? Does that influence what you're doing with when you're planning your campaign with themes and genres do you like if i'm going say uh a powered by the apocalypse which is just a 2d6 game are you then thinking okay well that'll influence that's maybe a better fit for a horror genre than a D D would 
for example? It, it can do. But mm -hmm. again, it depends on your familiarity with certain systems. If you're very familiar with a particular system, mm -hmm. you can adapt those systems to fit with different genres. So your standard D20 system, like you have in D&D, &D, mm -hmm. you can play horror with it. You just have to look at modules such as um, Curse of Strahd, which is sort of or a light... Ravenloft, yeah. Ravenloft, light gothic horror um, yeah. and horror horror. And then you've mm -hmm. got Tomb of Annihilation, which is a sort of adventure horror in a way. Right. Tomb of Annihilation is a very... Survival horror, isn't it? <laughs> it? It's very much a horror survival thing. Yeah. It's It can be devastating, but it mm. works. And it works because... It utilizes things like traps and perception checks in places where you wouldn't expect a perception check. Make, yeah. make a perception check in this hallway. Why? Why? It's a hallway. Yeah, what, what's make wrong with this hallway? <laughs> yeah. And that kind of dictates your DMing style a little bit as well. I like to make my players make random perception checks. And do you do that thing when they, they go uh, 16 and you go, okay. And then they go, okay. what? And they go, nothing. It's fine. Nothing. You're fine. Move on. Okay. Now, what, <laughs> what I, uh, my favorite is, um, you don't see anything untoward. There's a, uh -oh. <laughs> there's a, a shadow that sort of yeah. flickers a little bit up ahead, but it doesn't. And that's the thing. Dangerous. There's nothing untoward. You're like, now I'm, now alert. I'm scared. Yeah. Everything's on. <laughs> like my back's up now. I don't know what to do. I'm in a spiral now. <laughs> my my favorite. Okay, so obviously my campaign is in a fantasy setting. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing to do is leave well, not disembodied because they're not bodies, but floating lights in places. So okay. glowing shiny things in places, and see what people do and they can just be really mundane things because in fantasy you have like ever ever burning lanterns and ever burning torches and things like that so you know it could just be an ever burning flame could be now, if nothing the genre, if the genre was like a cthulhu horror a, a light it's floating in the air i'd be terrified it's, it's probably nefarious it's it probably, probably means, the yeah it's, it's gonna bad kill news. you probably yeah, it definitely is Bad probably going indeed. to kill you because indeed. something like cthulhu anything out of the ordinary is out bad. of the ordinary <laughs> it is bad whereas yes. in high fantasy something out of the ordinary could in fact be completely innocent yeah just yeah. completely innocent like you say like a burning brazier that just doesn't go out you're like well okay there's nothing suspicious there we're in a high fantasy setting no problem yeah but it yeah in a different set, you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. So when you do choose your genre, you have to consider that as well. Do you want mm. mun do you want mundane items to have mystical qualities? Or do you want mundane items to be mundane items? The pen is a pen until it's not a pen. I was just about to say, until it's not until it's something far until it's not horrible. Until it's but yeah. Yeah. Until it's that evil creature that's waiting to sort of suck your eyeball out or something. Um, 
I tend to find that I will gravitate towards genres, themes that interest me. Yeah. So for the most part, I am not interested in role-playing games that focus on romance. Fair. Because it's just, I don't like, I don't like watching romance films. I don't like particularly reading romance books. I will read a, a book like a fantasy book or a sci-fi book that has romance in it. Yeah. But I'm not interested where the primary theme is romance. So I will gravitate. <laughs> Some fantasy yeah, erotica or something. <laughs> <laughs> you have not, no, I'm not even going to discuss my bookshelf. Um, <laughs> That's going to be a bonus episode. <laughs> bonus episode. Let's, let's investigate. Alien's bookshelf. bookshelf. Um, but yeah, with the with the themes, but, like I mean, is that one? Is that how you now with the themes and genres that you're planning a campaign around? Do you consider like actually this would be something that players would enjoy as well, or is it more for I like this? This is what I'm going to run with. It's got to be something that you are invested in. Good, there is right. no point in you running a game in a genre or setting that you personally do not enjoy or are not invested in. Yeah. So if you hate horror, if you loathe it to your very core, there is no point in you running a horror setting because it's not going to click with you. It's Mm -hmm. not going to resonate with you. You're not going to be able to fully immerse yourself into this world and bring out new ideas. Whereas if you love fantasy, you're invested. You're already invested because you and love it's fantasy. Show. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. show. Mm. It does show. If you're really into your setting, it shows in the way that you present it. It it shows in the way you prepare for it. Mm-hmm. And your enthusiasm for it will then rub off on your players as well. And when you've chosen your genre and your theme, you can put out the word and say, okay, well, I'm planning on running a campaign. It's going to be high fantasy set in this world and you're going to be doing these kinds of things. Who's interested? And people turn up, yeah. Yeah, you draw players to you based on mutual interests. Mm -hmm. If you were going to... So for me, um, my Tuesday table, mm-hmm. it's almost always going to be a D&D or Eberron. That's just, that's that's our thing. That's what we That's play. the way it's going to be, yeah. Yeah. But I have played at tables where we played sci-fi. We played Star Trek and we played Star Wars. I wouldn't expect them to ever play fantasy. That's not their not their bread not their, and butter. No, it's not their bag. So we play sci-fi. We played Hyperlanes, hmm. which is uh, another sci-fi system. Yeah. Similar, it's kind of like D&D, but a bit different. It, it's a good, it's a, definitely a good system. It's definitely one to look at if you're into uh, sci-fi um, type yeah. things and you're not sure where to start. It's a, It's a good starting point. But there's just no point in running a setting that you have no interest in. Yeah, and I think so. That, don't don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't don't even bother with it because I think that's yeah. when you're planning a campaign, 
once you've got your setting and once you know what things are going to be, I think it all starts to fall into place from there. And I think you can also add a bit of what the players do as well. I mean, do you have, is it quite loose or are you like, they've got to hit this point and this point and this point for the campaign to sort of progress? Because I know some DMs, have, uh, they have a general setting, but the thing's quite loose in what the players do they will kind of be shown, well, you can go this way or you can go this way. But I know there's some DMs with their campaigns. They're like, you've got to get to this town. This is You've got to slay this dragon, for example, to then move on to this next sort of plot point or whatever. So when you are creating the themes um, and the general story theme for your mm-hmm. campaign, when you're, when you're planning that... I tend to find it's easiest to keep it quite loose, which is like I was saying at the beginning, you've got MacGuffin A and MacGuffin B. It doesn't matter which one you do first. Yeah. You can go and do the other one. So with the campaign that I'm running, there's a series of major missions that they can run that they can do in any order they like in order to level up to the next level. Mm-hmm. And then there's a series of little minor stuff. They can do it on the side. They don't have to touch it, but they can because it's fun and they get some cool shit out of it. Yeah. But it's entirely up to them what way they do it. I think one of the, as an example, just using uh, D&D and Wizards of the Coast because uh, yeah. that's that's the big boy, as they say. Yeah. So it's the most they popular. Do, it, it's it's one of the most uh, well known. So, mm. using one an example from them, they have a module called Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. Uh, it's a low level campaign, so like one level one to five, six, something like that. And yes. in it, yeah. in order to level up, you complete mission job boards, but you can complete any one in any order. There are six in total, I think, six or or something like that. And you choose the order that you do them in order to get to level three. Once you reach level three, you then get a hint for another thing that you can do. You can continue on and doing the job boards if you wanted, but you won't get any more XP out of them. You won't get any more levels, (laughs) but you might get cool stuff. Yeah, I'm going to spend 16 sessions just doing job board game stuff. (laughs) Why Why not? not? You can can get stuff out of it. You get money out of it. You get loot out of it. Some some people like that. Some people are completionists. You know, the 100% on your... On your screen, yeah. you get that hundred percent mark. I want to. It's got to be platinum. I got to platinum this game. Yeah, yeah. Gotta... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so when you're working out your theme and your story theme, I keep it generally quite open. At least right at the beginning, when I'm first starting to plan, when I'm yeah. getting the genre down, when I'm getting the themes down, I like to just keep it loose, keep it fluid. And the, one of the best things that I've done is um, put all the themes on sticky notes, yeah, and just have idea. a piece of, and then just have a piece of paper, and then I can move the themes around. Say, okay, well, the theme of this section can be that, and that can be the end goal. Oh, but then that can lead on to this, and we'll move that here. Just move everything around on sticky notes. Uh, oh, because then you can be like, that works better with that, and that fits yeah. better here. Yeah, that's that's actually yeah. a good idea. 
So it also doesn't just have to be your story themes. It can be your overall themes. So you might have world themes, like your world might be in the middle of a war. So the theme wow. is trials of war or yeah. atrocities of war. Or there's a new king is about to be crowned, and it can be somebody. Some people don't like that. It can be about the discourse yeah. between like political factions. change or yeah, political yeah. change or whatever. Yeah. So as you're working out your story themes and the progression of your story, you can start putting in little plot things like political discourse or economic turmoil or war or is there going to be the, like an assassination attempt on high-ranking yeah. official or something like that? Yeah. This this is why sticky notes are amazing. Always have mm. sticky notes. A DM's best tool is a sticky note. That's that's my biggest recommendation when at any planning stage, it doesn't matter if it's themes and genres, anything, yeah. sticky notes. Get these iron sticky notes. And it's a um, good opportunity yeah. to sort of figure things out as well and get your Just, ideas down. It's just so much easier because you can move them around. Planning can often seem very daunting. And when it's daunting, you're tempted to burn the candle at both ends. Mm -hmm. And that leads to very early burnout. Yes. And then you never actually get past the, I want to run this stage, which is really sad because, you know, people should should do more of this. I, I would highly encourage everybody that enjoys ttrpgs to try dming at least once i will say it was a a big revelation for me when i did it the first time because it was like you go into it going i'll just dm a one shot because it's downtime there's not much going on so i'll do it but then it's when it comes to the day nerves anxiety all that stuff but when you get into it and then you notice in that as you're describing the scene or the characters or whatever and you notice that everyone's silent because they're listening you're like oh hold on i'm doing something good here let me continue and then you're off to the races because then it all disappears because everyone's engaged everyone's enjoying it and yeah as you say if you had never done it before give it a try do what i do just grab a module or an adventure and just run an adventure and it's a yeah. one shot and get your feet wet like that and it's just easier and then if you want to start planning a campaign, then, you know, listen to this episode. And we told you how to plan and your campaign how to, how with some themes start, and genres. No, no. How to start planning a campaign. Indeed. Pick a theme and a genre. Yes. Don't just go, don't just go, eh, and hope for the best. Decide on your theme and genre because then exactly. you know exactly what you're doing. Even if your theme is Star Trek on the ocean. Exactly. You know? Which is now something Ellie has to work on because I want to play it. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll try running a, I'll try running a one shot Star, Star Trek on the perfect. ocean. Star Trek you know what? Ocean. I, you know what? I'm going to, I, I may have to give that a go now because yeah. it does seem like it could be entertaining. Be a, a really fun one and be like, yeah, I've just graduated from, uh, this Academy. The, uh, the we're on the, the, the nautical Academy. The nautical Academy. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. There we go. We're already yeah, off the races. There we are. Yes, we're off. We go, we're going to sail on the Enterprise, which was a ship, which, which was, was an actual factual ship. Yeah, that was a real ship. Yeah, yeah. The, real, the uh, Enterprise, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful ship. And um, so, yeah, the yeah, 
to consider your theme and your genre before you begin your campaign in earnest, because that Perfect. will lay down, that will basically lay down the foundations for everything that comes after. And don't be scared to take inspiration from other genres to create your own yep. theme. There is no crime in that. As long as you, nope. as long as you're not just like claiming it as your own, <laughs> no. you can easily so, just sort of reskin stuff and just use it for fun. Why not? Yeah. So now I'm going to put to you: if you it. were to run a campaign, mm-hmm. what do you think? If you were to pick a genre, what would your genre be? Um, I would probably stick because I like the Lord of the Rings. I like all that sort of stuff. I would go high fantasy for sure. Because okay. it's what I know, it's what I enjoy. Um, I think because, again, we spoke about this before, we will probably release this, like our introductory episode at some point. I was very influenced. I started off playing Warhammer and things like that. So I'd probably take a bit of the grim dark from there and sprinkle mm. that around a little bit as well. So it'd be a high fantasy, but a bit more gritty, a little bit more realist in the sense of things go on and things like that, I think. Okay, and yeah. what would you say your favourite theme would be? Find the MacGuffin, defeat the bad guy, or...? <laughs> I think it would have to be maybe bringing down something like a corrupt king or something like that. Mm. So there's some change. So the people... Uh, I think that would be the theme. You're You're in a... Let's just say you're in this kingdom... People have been oppressed. Uh, maybe Robin Hood esque, that sort of thing. Mm. You know, Uda Lally. Um, <laughs> Uda Lally, Uda Lally, what a day. And I tell you what, one of these days I will play a cockerel bard. Have that. Um, You're play- <laughs> <laughs> um, Excellent. Uh, yeah, and I think that would probably be it. You're part of like maybe a resistance or something, and your aim is to sort of bring down the kingdom for, for good. Maybe that would be a good thing. Mm, story theme bring Indeed. down the corruption yeah Got exactly it. it's an oldie but it's a goodie though isn't it i think it's a safe bet i think you know you're gonna get people invested if if it was me i'd be like yeah i want to bring down like the corrupt or the the bad guys who are running the government wink wink nudge, nudge. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. yeah not looking at anyone yeah. in particular no. right now we want to see some change mm. we want to see the the you know the the low Wrong people rise up a little bit, yeah. But I think that would be a good start. Revolution! Sure. Revolution! Viva la Viva revolution! La <laughs> we won't see any guillotines in the town square, just to I, make that I clear. hope not. I hope not, no. <laughs> but I think that would be a, a good sort of um, idea to start with and build off that and see what the players do in, in the meantime. Mm, I think now my, my is going to be Star Trek and the Ocean. It's going to have to be now, isn't it's it? It's got to happen now. You, you, you've got I'm me, going to have to give that. You've got me interested. I'm going to have you, to that. It's that, you know, you had my attention. Now, you, you know, you have my yeah. uh, interest or whatever you the saying goes. You have my interest. Goes. Now yeah. you have you my have attention. my attention. Yeah, exactly. With the eyebrow. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and I think that would be a good point to wrap this episode up. I think so. I've, I've got a lot to think about and apparently do now. So... <laughs> Self-inflicted. Self-inflicted. <laughs> when you come up trauma. with such a good idea, 
then don't do I'm it. Sorry, you've got to deliver now. <laughs> I, I do. Maybe it'll be a homebrew havoc one shot during our off days or something. Oh, do you know what? That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> so on that let's, note, let's see what people think. <laughs> on that note, we will leave you, and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. As we have recording it, and I hope you come back and join us again. Indeed he is. So today I have been your kobold Ailey. You can find me at Illyria Payne pretty much anywhere all over the internet. Occasionally as the sleeves of the trench coat, occasionally not, depending <laughs> on the coin toss of the day. Do check out our Twitter at 2KIAT podcast. Yeah, better plug that. So go find us. <laughs> go find us on Go find us on Twitter, 2KIAT podcast. 2KIAT. And I have been Shiv, and you'll find me everywhere at IOShiv on the Twitters, the Instagrams, and occasionally I pop up on TikTok with random stuff. Um, And this week I've been the pockets of the trench coat. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) yeah. And we will leave you with that one. So thank you very much for joining us. And we will see you next time. Take care, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.